My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. <laughs> Off again this with is your... Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, tell your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? today's world of postmodern secular scientific sterility, an overwhelming feeling of what the fuck is going on stirs in the air as the so-called progress of science, hard work, and ingenuity begins to reek of ritual, ceremony, and occulted agendas aligned with the death of humanity and the onset of a new aeon. Joining forces to expose this corrupted agenda is the YouTube Youngblood, the Sober Symbol Sleuth, the Rabbit Hole Renegade, and my favorite pro-pop culture, The Occulter, Donut, joins me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy this conversation with Donut. Jordan Maxwell, and he would say occult simply means the hidden right but when you hear a cult when i first someone said that i was like i thought a cult meant evil right and then it's like oh it just means hidden and then the etymology of things looking into what where is this all coming from so i've been on this decoding kind of stuff looking at all the different symbols before i had a youtube channel i'm just the listener so i learned a lot about uh, like different religions from my recovery journey and what they actually practiced, especially with Christianity or with Jesus and the way that Jesus lived his life. And I really vibed with it. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then if you live the way that that Jesus lived, your life will change. And I was just like, okay, an open-minded Jewish guy, like that's like rebellious doing that, you know, like... (laughs) And I'm like, my life did get better. Be sure to sign up now on Patreon or Substack to hear this episode and the entire back catalog of My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast episodes, plus bonus secret vault episodes and a whole bunch of other variations of shows I've done, all available for just $5 a month on the Patreon. And if you want all of the articles, you can sign up to the $8 tier on Patreon or just go straight to Substack where you'll find the majority of the articles that I've been writing along alongside with this podcast and today you're going to hear 
a extended edition of this episode if you sign up for the Patreon. Uh, for those of you who stick around for the end, you'll also hear the interview that I did on Donut's YouTube channel, the audio version. I highly recommend you go over to YouTube and check it out on Donut's channel because we did share some slides, but the audio is great as well. So stick around to the end and hear that and if you want to hear the entire conversation here with Donut and I do sign up on the Patreon where you'll hear Donut and I talk about Sasquatch. I'm going to explain to Donut the deep 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 subject of Sasquatch so stick around for that only for the Patreon supporters and Substack supporters, Rockfin as well. If you want an ad-free version of this show, please do sign up as well because you will hear no ads when you support the show on Patreon or Substack and use the uh, bonus RSS feed that is available there. So go and do that now. Otherwise, enjoy hearing these ads uh, and then we'll get on with the interview. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are again on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast times the donut. What's up, donut? How you doing, brother? Uh, happy to have you back on the show. Happy to be in front of your audience because I know and I'm grateful you're going to be posting this one as well. Right before Thanksgiving here, I'm excited to have you back and get into some of what we're going to talk about today. But before that, what's up? Yo, what up? It's Donut, and you tuning in to all your Illuminati news with my family thinks I'm crazy. I'm the smoking cheetah. And I don't know if you saw, speaking of cheetah and Cheetos, but congratulations to Kim Kardashian, who is the simulacrum for us to imitate. It's a billboard that's watching us, reality TV, mm. which we place music, and also Video Killed the Radio Star, John Lennon, who was the radio star, you know, he got whacked and then video came up and now video's gone and it's all social media. But Kim Kardashian, congratulations, man of the year on GQ. And she's eating Cheetos. And I'm this the smoking cheetah because I'm part of your <laughs> Patreon where everyone gets a name. Right. Well, unfortunately, not everyone gets a name because I don't want to say so many people signed up that I couldn't keep up with it anymore, but a lot of people signed up and I was like, I can't just keep naming everybody. So you're, you're grandfathered in. You're one of the OG, my family thinks I'm crazy, Patreon supporters, and you have one of those names. But I First mover advantage. Exactly. And I'm kind of stunned because what you just told me isn't quite processing in my brain, which, you know, people take this for granted now, but... I have something called logic and rationale, right? I think you do too, right? That's part of being human. And I heard you say Kim Kardashian won man of the year. Well, she's <laughs> on the issue of GQ men of the year. Oh, okay. I thought she won man of the year. I was going to say, is this some kind of like role reversal switcheroo thing? Like, <laughs> Well, Anton LaVey of the, you know, satanic church said that live is evil backwards so they he wanted to reverse everything in the scriptures or bible so i feel like we are living in some sort of inverted paradigm as a joke 
And you even got Megan the Stallion and famous Eroused Genitalia song for everyone to listen to, you know, big song. I mean, these people making the Aroused Genitalia music videos for the world to see on the Grammys, trending number one on Google search that is promoted is also interviewing people like Biden. So you got these political type agendas with this strange thing, but stallion is also means a male as well, like a male horse or something too. So there's a lot of weird sh- stuff going on yeah. in the simulacrum. Well, and it definitely feels like reality is bending and they're doing it purposefully. Some could argue that this is a form of alchemy. Would you say so? Oh, dope. Yeah, that's true. It's like transmitting, transmuting society, going through this transformation of lead to gold. And I'm not sure if you've seen the three major female artists on tour right now. Taylor Swift, I mean, such a huge show that they even caused an earthquake. I mean, so things are changing on the world from these performances. And if we go back to her humiliation ritual with Kanye stealing the award, but Taylor Swift, even most recently, somebody passed away at her show on the 322 day, the same day that Elon launched his rocket up on the 322 day and it exploded at the 322 minute mark as well. Mark? Yeah. (laughs) 322, brother. But but the alchemy thing is that these three stages, uh, the Tria Prima, right? Stages of alchemy, the actual stages of Doja, Cat, who had the Illuminati eye, Taylor Swift, and Beyonce, the Queen Bee, the Order of the Bees, the Illuminati, all their stages make the Paracelsius, who made the homunculus, Tria Prima, alchemical symbols. So there is some sort of alchemy happening for the masses. Absolutely. We got to look that up and show the audience what that looks like. Paracelsus prima trima yeah tria prima tria prima okay maybe i'm saying it wrong maybe it's prima trima no no, you're right but it's it's something (laughs) i'm learning you got it right oh wow yeah okay so sulfur mercury and salt sulfur the fluid connecting the high and the low mercury the omnipresent spirit of life and salt the base matter so mercury is silver and salt is also what it's like white it's like silver and beyonce and taylor swift would be those two elements they started the show off wearing silver now sulfur isn't silver sulfur is connected to the soul which would be doja cat as this year they said that she sold her soul throwing her Illuminati party, according to her, that's what she called it, with Justin Bieber, who also went into the metaverse on November 18th, the 322 day, and stood on this huge giant cube. And he's always playing with a cube, the uh, Tetris, whatever it's called, that cube thing that... Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube. He's always playing with that as well. And Taylor Swift, she performed on the cube in the show and a lot of strange symbolism happening for sure and symbolism is how you can spot out who's who 
a lot of the times. Well, and this kind of connects, strangely enough, to uh, Matthew Perry, who, as it connects to my life, my best friend growing up, he's still my best friend, his name's Matt, and he looks like Matthew Perry, so we always just would call him Perry as a joke. And I was like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Your, your guy passed away, you know, and he kind of laughed. And, you know, he's not the conspiracy theorist. Clearly, I am. And he was like, yeah, it's really weird, don't you think? And I didn't I didn't really look into it at that point. So here's my kind of normie friend telling me, oh, no, look deeper. And I look deeper and it turns out Doja Cat put out a what was it, an album or something where she used friends the like title screen as the basis for the album cover and and that came out literally the same day or week that Matthew Perry passed away right and it said demons on it right it didn't and say friends oh my god it was the yeah. orange couch in front of the fountain yeah big symbolism there first off the movie hocus pocus took place in front of that fountain so the friends fountain in the hocus pocus movie that's the fountain, which is the Fontaine for the Knights Templars. Fontaine, who was, you know, prominent figure of the Templars. Yeah. There with that symbolism. A lot of strange stuff with that Matthew Perry. He's in the bathtub. Tons of bathtub stuff happening. He's in the tub, the hot tub, right? Hot tub time machine. But he died on 1028, which is 128. And on... December 8th, which is 128, Julia Roberts will be releasing a new film. And her birthday is 1028, the same day that Matthew Perry died. And they used to date. So there's this weird 128 code. The towers fell down at 1028, 128. The shuttle exploded on one of these dates. I think it was January 28th, which is 128. So there's this strange code that i've been looking into on the patreon i think there's something there and we're, we're diving deep into well, it and you know i don't know that much about doja cat sorry for all the doja experts out there who were rooting for me to know something about her but and i don't know much about matthew perry but what i did hear is that there was the whole selling of the soul corresponding with this guy losing his life whether it was self-inflicted or not i'm not sure but he was putting out this symbol the batman symbol signal symbol <laughs> the symbols and he was even calling himself the Matman. so what's up with that did you look into that at all yeah, I mean, it's weird. The amount of followers he had is, you know, Batman grandfather. The lore is that his grandfather created Skull and Bones in episode Fine Finny Fiends. And Batman, he's Matman. So you got this 322 element there. But if you look at Kanye, he got removed off of Instagram with 322 followers. Matman. He had, I think it was 83 followers, or and that is in Gematria, uh, known for murder. Like the movie Murder by Numbers, you can see they spell murder by numbers with a 38 in it. So it goes into that symbolism. 
he was also posting stuff about saving little kids. I'm not going to get too much into that, but that was removed. And I've been looking at it because there was the 69 connection as well. He had 83 posts. That's what it was. But then he was following 69 people. And that's another number I've been studying. Mm. Karma, Taylor Swift, the 69 position is karma. But after he died, a follower went away. So someone was in his account and unsubscribed to somebody. There's just so much weird stuff going on with him. He used to bully Trudeau. He went to school with Trudeau. He used to bully him in some sort of humiliation ritual to the point where he became a high level official in government. Wow. Now he's from the same area as Trudeau. They're both Canadians or both Toronto people or something like that. Is that it? Yeah. Huh. Cause at Toronto, I've never been there, but it took it. It's the setting of this movie I just watched, Videodrome, which is a disturbing film. I don't recommend people watch it unless they're prepared, but it relates to tons of stuff we look into in research. But real briefly, the character, the main character is like a television executive and he gets this like pirate signal uh, through a satellite in his company and one of his employees shows it to him and it's like this like torture porn type like live stream and this is you know in the 80s this movie came out so they didn't have the internet they didn't have live streaming back then so it's kind of predicting some things the dark web and whatnot but throughout this movie that takes place in toronto this guy max rem the dude who's trying to figure out where this stuff is happening and part of him wants to use it for his tv you know, company, right? He's a television producer. So he's like, oh, we got to find out where they film this. And he's like, it's genius. Uh, no plot. And I'm, I'm sucked in. I'm captivated. And it was just so strange because by the end of it, he becomes like this Manchurian candidate who's like killing people and like hallucinating. And he's like under this hypnotic spell. And it totally fits into, you know, the whole MK Ultra Manchurian candidate archetype but yeah oddly enough takes place in toronto and what's the name of that film video drome d-r-o-m-e drome is like means like circus i think wow yeah. i'm gonna check that out that looks super good yeah yeah you, you i actually think i might have seen it yeah think it, i might have seen it it's an old movie it's 40 years old it came out in 83 which is kind of symbolic too because of the 40 40 years that have passed and all the things that have, I have changed seen this yeah dude it's a crazy movie it, it's a, yeah it, it's it's a good movie it's like the first day live type movie <laughs> I, yeah i remember this and like just the word of it video drome sounds a lot like the a word i don't know if we can say that you can say it on my show. I don't even know what words you're thinking of. The adrenals. Oh, yeah. Adrena from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember this film. You know, something about the whole broadcasting signal mm. is interesting that the first huge broadcasting signal across the entire world had the Beatles in it. 
And it was during their Sergeant Pepper. And think about how that really transformed the world. The Sergeant Peppers, they were asking, what would John Lennon do? What would he say? And he was like, all you need is love, right? Oh, that sounds pretty damn positive to me. But we can see that the power speaking of alchemy and changing society uh, and uh, what a better way to see that than the famous Sgt. Pepper's album. I mean, huge transformation of well, culture. As you're saying that, another thing comes to mind. I was recently talking to Chaz of the Dead, who researches UFOs and cryptids and all this really strange stuff. And we were talking about Viktor Grabinikov, who's like a Nikola Tesla type figure from Russia. And he discovered that insect shells, like beetles, the beetles, <laughs> that their shells are anti-gravity inherently because their body is too heavy for their wings to support. So he was like trying to figure out how do these beetles fly their body and their wings, you know, the, the, mathematically speaking, this shouldn't work. And he found out that the shell of the beetle shell, the way that the structure of the shell is formed, it's like on a microscopic level, it has this quality to it that allows the beetle to float. And he dis discovered that you can lace or sew a bunch of these shells together and into a block and then that block will float so as the whole world is seeing flying saucers in the sky who's the most popular band the beatles like that just kind of hit me there and who knows maybe beatles insects maybe they hold the secret to this type of flight and that's why the ancient egyptians and these ancient cultures revered you know the scarab beetle and these other beetles that have this iridescent quality it's something about that iridescent quality like a peacock feather when you look at a peacock feather the green and the blue and the purple they're only there because our eye can see the light re refracting off of the brown feather the whole feather's brown but our eyes see purple blue and green what if the same thing's going on with these flying saucers where you know, the same way we should be seeing brown, but we're not, it should be on the ground, but it's not, it's floating, right? There's this, some sort of diffraction process going on that allows this to float through the air, whether through light or electromagnetism. But I just, that kind of just struck me right now that like, as flying saucers were f hitting the world, the Beatles were like one of the most popular bands in the world. There's got to be some kind of, you know, it can't be a coincidence, right? <laughs> Well, I was looking at his Wikipedia and he was also doing stuff with the bees. Oh, yeah. The bees vibrate at the tone of C, I believe, which a lot of these beekeepers live longer because that's like a positive frequency. Hmm. So with the light that we can only see a certain spectrum of it, but also with sounds, with cymatics and tuning frequencies, that the cymatics, when it plays a certain vibration, it changes the the sand into beautiful shapes. And the container of a stadium or a chapel or a restaurant or a grocery store or a casino, we're hearing the music and that is charging the container of the people in it with the symbols surrounding it. And it is changing our mental plane of what we're seeing 
Taylor Swift audience, they forget what they saw. They don't remember that they gain amnesia at the shows. Uh, I think that's because of the lights though, just like in the men well, in black. And that movie. is something weird that you have with these people. I mean, obviously people go to arenas, music festivals, there's drugs involved, even if it's just alcohol. Right. But the fact that people report like what sounds like missing time or just like going into an altered state, it's not alcohol or, or drugs. It's the arena. It's exactly what you're describing. It's the lights and the sound all combined. And I wonder if the architecture itself, like like the way the Colosseum built by the Romans had all these people in it and they would watch people fight to the death in the middle. I wonder if it's the same thing going on with sports and, you know, big music acts and, I mean, who knows what else, but... I think these arenas have esoteric qualities to them for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. And also there's been tons of studies of gambling, like the casinos that keep people trapped in them. They play certain music. They're the lights. You can't see sunlight in a casino. There's just so much that goes into getting people's money, getting people's time, keeping them staying there longer. There's a lot going on for sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on. Well, to get back to where we were, I don't know if we uh, got around to mentioning everything about Matthew Perry. Was there anything else left on uh, the table? Did you look into Matthew Perry at all? Like, Is there anything you want to add to that? Sure. So like the tub, mm. right? The bathtub, the doors, Janice Joplin, something about the bathtub, Brittany Murphy before she died in a bathtub, just like Aaron Carter this year died in a bathtub. They showed a picture of her movie showing the, the her demise of her in a bathtub before it happened. And if you watch the show Stranger Things, Eleven goes into the bathtub or the tub or the pool, goes under the water, just like homeboy John C. Lilly did to communicate with the dolphins. Something about going in the water is part of it to go into another reality, another like gate or another dimension. So him passing away in a hot tub goes into well-known sacrifice stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Bath, the bathhouses of <laughs> the ancient world. A lot of weird stuff went down, not just uh, perverted stuff, but uh, apparently that's where the mystery schools would do their thing too. Back in the day when there would be like these, you know, basically like underground swimming pools is what they built in Rome. I forget what they're called. There's like a a term for it, but they took these, you know, aquifers that were underground and turned them into like swimming pools, bathhouses and things like that. So they can have orgies? Well, yeah, that's the extreme side of it. And maybe also sacrifices and whatnot would qualify as extreme. But yeah, and secret society, you know, rituals and stuff like that. I mean... 
yeah. I would imagine. Well, <laughs> it, it get the more I'm looking into this stuff, uh, the weirder it gets. Where mm. it gets into like these Sodomic portals, where they doing all this butt stuff to get into other dimensions, levels of consciousness, and it, it, this is like a very well known thing to the alchemist i believe kenneth grant kind of stuff it's crazy it's just been looking into it i you know i had a feeling something like that was happening but then the more you start reading about it you're just like what the heck is going on and that you know that's what we've been doing people like yourself me other researchers it, it, it just getting weirder and weirder yeah yeah, no, for sure. I think that's part of the whole TikTok era, the AI era that we're in now, where things are speeding up, you know, and they're not even, you know, because in the past they would, they needed to rely on employees to put disinformation and propaganda out there. But now they have bots and AI that can spin up algorithms that just regurgitate the same propaganda back to people and serve it up, mix and match it, you know. The all blot reduction, I'm probably saying it wrong, mm. but everything goes in this order, tic-tac-toe, tic-toc, hip-hop, mm. all the vowels, because I've been researching the sacred vowels and everything, it's called an all blot reduction. Mm. I'm probably saying it wrong, but everything goes from I-A-O, Netanyahu, or tic-tac-toe, just the way that we speak, it is all this... EU, and that's what it was called to the Gnostics, was EU. Even if you look at Abraxas, it will say IAW, which is where this EU is coming from. And they chant this. So there's this vibration. And it reminds me of the Chi vibration, right? You got the Chi. And I've been having like some like anxiety. And I watched this YouTube video of this Asian dude just saying, say chi right and i started doing it but it like vibrates right where the anxiety is so there's frequencies with all these different sounds in our entire language is like based off of this old gnostic eu kind of oh yeah saying which is weird oh the vowels yeah they have a, a power i have a book on my shelf called the uh hidden mystery of the magic vowels or something like that. And Ooh. it's not, I mean, vowels are universal in a sense. Like there aren't like different vowels for other languages, you know, like every language uses the same vowels and sounds just in different ways. Right. So there's like a kind of constant power in the sound of like, ohm, you know, and now people know OM as like a meditation thing. But if you think about it, mom, home, like words that relate to the heart and love have that quality just naturally. And it's the same thing with other languages. Like you see these similarities where, you know, words that have like a sort of heartwarming meaning or loving meaning typically end or have or incorporate that OM noise or that noise and it's, I mean, if it's physiology, like it's literally like the, the spectrum of the sound we can make with our voice box. So we could go like, 
Oh. So I went from like open to closed. Do you notice that? How my A was like the widest, the O was kind of like central, and then the M was me closing my mouth, right? That's why that sound is that sound. And, you know, I, I mean, we can get into the whole Hindu Buddhist interpretation that Om is like the first sound ever, which, I mean, how would we ever prove that? But they say that's how it is. is om is the first sound. But I've also heard people say like, oh, no, in, ha, that's just what we give to Western people. In, in in India, we don't say Om. We say Yom like they do a different noise, right? So uh, I'm not like the authority on Eastern mysticism. But yeah, I think the vowels have in English some really secret meanings that aren't as obvious maybe they're more obvious in the eastern world because there's more of a focus on like here's the path to enlightenment whereas in the western mysticism they've kept it secret you know and not to say that there aren't aren't levels of secrecy in eastern mysticism and secret societies and whatnot but the western system seems to be obscured by totalitarians like the church <laughs> the old church you know well you got the ohm like the vibration of it from the belly when you do oh and it goes to your throat and mm -hmm. then it closes off like you said to the lips so it's vibrating your entire body and it's just like these frequencies and vibrations but it does get hijacked by certain movements you know like what's well, wrong with all you need is love right that sounds great, well that's you know that's the distinction i think is important to get into i was thinking like we should talk about this because you know mysticism is not sorcery sorcery is not mysticism the two overlap certainly in understandings of certain realities and things you know, you need a similar understanding to participate in both. But mysticism is something that is inherently loving. It's something that it's an endeavor of growth and not just personal growth, but you're, you're growing into a role in society to help people take that same path. Whereas sorcery is all about what can I do for me? What can I do for my group? What can I do for my clan? You know, sorcery is like, it's like, how can I change the world in order to what I want to see happen? Whereas mysticism is like, world, how can you change me in order for me to be a better fit into the world? Or how to navigate the world in a stronger way or a better way? I mean, mysticism takes a multitude of forms and from all parts of the world, but that's a big thing that I like the word occult, you know, like everybody wants to be like an occult decipher and like figure out all the clues and codes. And I'm totally down. I'm in that myself. I love trying to figure out what's really going on. But I think people lose sight of the fact that there's an inherently mystical quality that you're participating in when you do that. So even though you're like, oh, I'm not on the side of the dark forces. I'm against them. I'm exposing them, right? That's something we do in this podcast community. There's a mystical quality to that because you're able to see through the veil. You're able to see past 
the exoteric and into the esoteric. And that's a skill. That's a skill that these sorcerers utilize when they create these codes and these spells to keep people stupefied and under their will. So you're kind of, you know, in a mystical way, fighting against that by participating in this kind of mysticism, de-occulting things. But the danger is when you assimilate your life in a way that loses sight of that growth, because when you go into full-blown research mode, and this is something I've noticed with the UFO research community, uh, not, you know, anybody I know directly, but like, you read about these guys and a lot of them are, their lives end in really suspicious and weird ways. And that could be the government, that could be these cults and secret societies who want to keep this shit secret. But it seems like these guys, the reason why this happens is because they come into it from a more scientific perspective some of the time where they're like trying to find evidence for these UFOs and trying to prove the reality and they're full blown believers. They're not like skeptics, but they don't have like a spiritual anchor. They don't have like a faith in Christ or like a, a faith in Muhammad or a faith in Buddha that, you know, keeps them solid to their path. And I'm not trying to preach religion here, but I, I think mysticism is inherently under that umbrella that the creator, you know, it's kind of fringe, but it's something that the creator gave to us not so we can abuse others, but so we can elevate ourselves and elevate each other, you know, and that's why it's become taboo because we have these totalitarian systems uh, that are trying to control people. I mean, look at the federal government, look at the Roman empire, look at any empire, right? Like the, they are inherently anti-creator, anti-spiritual. So they try to, you know, throw shade on the mystic path because they know figures like Christ break the mold and then jeopardize the control they have over the people. I mean, Jesus, what he did was so powerful. 2000 years later, people are still talking about him every day, you know? So again, I'm not sitting here trying to preach to anybody, but I think in the conspiracy occult realm, we need to be more open to mysticism because Christ was a mystic. And I know a lot of people who, de-occult things, they do it because they're Christians and they love the Bible and they want to see the world become a better place or, you know, whatever religion they are. I mean, conservative or, or not. So yeah, that's kind of my little rant there, Donut. Thanks for letting me, enter <laughs> thanks for entertaining that. I know you're the guest, so I should shut up now. <laughs> oh, well, no, I like what you're saying. Me and my friend, we've been having some conversations about the mystic himself and how they love beauty that's like what is like what they like is the beauty and i, I liked everything that you're saying and it's been a strange world because i like jordan maxwell and he would say a cult simply means the hidden right but when you hear a cult when i first someone said that i was like i thought a cult meant evil right and then it's like, oh, it just means hidden. Like there's occult muscles or whatever. So they're hidden muscles, like it's just a word. And then the etymology of things looking into what, where is this all coming from? So I've been on this 
decoding kind of stuff, looking at all the different symbols before I had a YouTube channel. I'm just the listener of all these great people. And then I start making my own videos and I was already had a solid foundation in with God of my own understanding through my recovery 12 steps process stuff, you know? So I have my own concept and I've been dabbling into all these different religions and be like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I'm just taking what works for me. So I learned a lot about uh, like different religions from my recovery journey and what, what they actually practiced, especially with Christianity or with Jesus and the way that Jesus lived his life. And I really vibed with it. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And then if you live the way that that Jesus lived, your life will change. And I was just like, okay, an open-minded Jewish guy, like that's like rebellious doing that, you know, like, <laughs> and then I'm like, my life did get better. And then, so when I was doing all my videos, I already had this like understanding of forgiveness, keeping my side of the street clean. I already had my foundation. And then I go up on here onto the internet and then there's all these religious communities and they're Satanists. They say that they're religious, but everything they're doing from my research is what Satan would be doing it's all for themselves like everything is just like like you're saying the pharmacia the sorcery it'd be for, more for yourself in yeah. a sense oh yeah and I've noticed that a lot of these religious people they are satanic it, they're virtual signaling on my channel telling me how to live life or whatever and I'm like, in understanding psychology, that the virtual signaling is one of the biggest signs of psychopathy, mm. too. Well, so, and I mean, it, it's crazy. It's really brilliant what you just said there about virtual signaling, because, and again, no shade on anybody who believes in their whatever religion, but you're making a really good point. Like, the structures of the church are ultimately, inherently, a lot of times self-focused in that way where it has a satanic aspect to it but it's deeper than that because that's just the surface level that's just the humdrum there are real evil forces like america people take for granted that america is this christian nation we all celebrate christmas and we all you know celebrate easter and yada not at all. America's been a melting pot of religion since the beginning. You got Protestants, Catholics, Jews, you got all the natives, you got all the slaves, you know, that came over and all the religions they brought. So all of these melted together. And I was just talking to a woman who escaped a Mormon cult and, you know, she was basically revealing that there's satanic elements at the highest branches of that church like up into like the leadership there are dark forces and what you said about the occult just meaning hidden well so does darkness right like when i turn on the lights in my apartment i'm not like oh the evil's gone you know but 
that doesn't mean that I don't hear the word dark and know that dark also has other meanings, right? So there, there is an occult that is evil, but not all occult is evil because it's the same as the darkness. Like you go out at night and you look at the stars, that's not evil. You know, that's a beautiful thing that humans are meant to do is it look up at the night sky. Now, if a creature of the night, say, you know, a wolf or something that hunts at night comes and grabs you and pulls you away, that's not good. You know, that's a symptom of the darkness, right? That can happen in the dark. There are scary things that go bump in the night, as they say, right? So I think the same is true with the occult, where these religions, these churches, they want us to think the whole thing's bad, don't look into it at all. Because then we don't figure out what they're doing. Then we don't figure out their sorcery if we don't know anything. We start learning about mysticism. We also learn about the bad side of mysticism. And then we're able to identify it. And then we're able to fight against it. It's if guns were invisible and, and nobody knew that they existed and only some people had them, you know, and then they said, oh, no, that's not a gunshot. That's a bird. There's a new bird, you know, and he makes a really loud, you know, but every time this bird chirps, people die, <laughs> you know, crazy, stupid analogy there. But, but I, I think something is going on with that, where the occult is like this invisible reality that affects us. But because so many people are ignorant of it, we're not able to correctly react to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely it's a weird journey. <laughs> Not like knowing about because most of the world doesn't know what we're, we're talking about. Like our niche society knows us and we look into it, but most of the world has no idea that there's these secret elements and huge orders that are controlling the world and stuff like that. They might hear Illuminati and they think that it's like some spooky thing or some fake thing, but not knowing the true history that all this stuff is actually real, that George Washington was writing letters about it. Like it's, it's such a, it's a, such a niche. Well, thing. I think people think, you know, America's this new place and, Everything's also new and it's only been going on for a couple hundred years. So it's too good to be true that they could set it all up this easily and that every celebrity and every corporation and every government official could, you know, fall in line like this and, and create this kind of situation. And I'm not saying it's as complex as that, but I'm saying that they've had hundreds and hundreds of years to work this out. <laughs> And your cat is making uh, a great point right now. I get punctuating my point. I don't know. I guess uh, she's rooting for me or he's rooting for me. But but I think the like the average person has no concept of how long these types of experiments have been going on. And like the idea of like celebrities doing dark occult rituals, like this is something that it goes back to what it means to be a celebrity. Like the first celebrities were people who were mystics and holy people and people that could do sorcery and, and spells and things like that. Like Nostradamus and, you know, the, these saints that would perform amazing things. Like these were the first celebrities, you know, people would go to these, you know, holy places and give everything they had for like 
a piece of the, the saint's clothes or a piece of their skin or something they touched. Or seances too. Those were huge. Right. Especially in like, what, not that long ago, World War II. Seances were like the like so huge. People would go and do that. Well, and, and sometimes, so some people think that some companies have seances to figure out what to do next week or next month with their company. Like, you know, these kind of occult weird things are actually affecting, you know, concrete reality. Yeah. And like the new Argentinian president. <laughs> yeah. Let's get like, into him. Did you break down any symbols? What do you think of his hair? <laughs> well, I've been watching him for a while because he's been very prompt up all year going on Tucker Carlson and all that. And how he was a sex tantric teacher. Everybody, you and Juan do the same thing. It's not sex tantric. It's tantric sex. It's it, the tantric comes first. <laughs> I don't know oh, why okay. you and Juan both say it that way, but. <laughs> Teach us your ways. Teach us your ways. So it's tantric sex. Yes. Yes. Not He's that a, I know anything about tantric sex. I just know how to pronounce it. What do you know about it, it though? You know, <laughs> you know the order it goes in. I you just know, know how to something. pronounce it. I swear. I know you got a book on it. I got a book on it. I do actually, I do have a book that mentions it and it's funny. I didn't know. Oh, this is the tantric sex, but this one's called the Taoist secrets of love, cultivating male sexual. Oh, ladies, look out. Talk to you. I've never read it. I've never read it. You want the secrets of love. Now you know who to, who to find. <laughs> I, I want to read it, but it's like, I have to do these Who's exercises. Who's it written by? A real person or a channel? Yeah, the guy's cool. Montauk Chia. Yeah, that sounds like a real name. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, is it Michael Wynn channeling Montauk Chia or is it actually a person named Montauk Chia? Good question. I don't know. Because it does say Montauk Chia, a.k.a. Michael Wynn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but like he's done interviews like on London Real and it was pretty cool. Okay. Well, hey, I'm not going to judge anyone i especially you know the whole judge a book by its cover so but uh you got a book on it i got a book on it and i did interview a guy who um practices kundalini yoga and he writes about tantric sex in his book but he's like an old guy and i didn't really feel comfortable bringing that up (laughs) with him i don't know that's kind of a weird thing to say i guess why it's my podcast. I should be able to talk about whatever I want, but I haven't had a person on to talk about that. But there is a, a guest that I've seen doing the rounds who talks about sex magic, and his name's Alan Greenfield, and he also writes about UFOs. So I thought that was kind of a funny pairing of interests. Like, yeah, I write about sex magic, and I also write about UFOs. I wonder how those overlap. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, the millions, they'd be probing, right? Well, so yeah. So they definitely doing something. Well, what do you think about that? Because I just spoke with a guest who was a part of alien-human hybrid program where they used her, you know, eggs against her will to create alien-human hybrid. Oh, as much as, you know, I grew up with alien workshop t-shirts, I really loved aliens, drew aliens, all this i'm the biggest alien fan there is but i think it's all a psyop yeah now 
Yeah. So and, like Lom looks just like the egghead, the alien. I I'm like a big alien fan since a little kid. I got little chains, all that. The biggest fan. But I think it's all a psyop. If they're bringing the new religion. I've seen UFOs though. I've seen that. But I think that the narrative being pushed by the big podcasters to get people on the ayahuasca, like Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Disney characters, you got, I, and I, I'm not saying that there's not a, a reason for stuff like that, but I think what's happening is that they're pushing into this Aquarian type age to get rid of religion and set up a new religion. And that's going to be based off of the alien stuff, but to get rid of thousands of years of imprinting, the erase that is through the autonomic nervous system. And these drugs help out with those resets to believe something totally new. And that's what I think it is. I think it's a religion, a new religion being set up. I That's agree. what I think. Yeah, I, think I agree. Been, I think I've been psyoped. I've been psyoped. That's what I think. <laughs> With aliens? Yeah. Well, on the point of ayahuasca, it definitely feels like a cult. And that's not anything against ayahuasca, the, the plant or the combination of plants. But people will take something and abuse it. You know, whether it's a plant, a fruit, an animal, a human, right? We abuse things. And from what my understanding is with shamanism is like, yeah, maybe ayahuasca is only meant for certain people. It's not something that everybody, especially all of society, you know, because it's traumatic. It's something that's like, you know, life changing. And I think you're absolutely onto something with them trying to like rewrite the autonomic nerve and kind of like reprogram humans on a very primal genetic level maybe through consciousness or subconsciousness because time after time governments have tried to control people and they failed so maybe now they're just trying to reprogram people so that we're more controllable and they figured out that they could use these shamanic drugs to transform the whole world in mass instead of one at a time because that's what these oh, drugs do is transform people i'm reading this book i haven't finished it I've all consuming images what's that about i like to look at symbols mm. so that's been like the big research but image a photograph the palm picture is also a symbol right so a photograph is a symbol just as much as a drawing Right. So like me on the dolphin is like, is a symbol, maybe not as powerful of the symbol as the prom picture, but these symbols or memes, because a symbol is a meme, a meme is a photograph. The photograph changed everything and how powerful these images are to shape society into battle or into a vote or into buying a product. Mm. How the meme or the photograph 
it's the most easiest digestible thing for the mind to like can like take in consume rather than picking up a book or listening to a podcast or reading and studying and memorizing and thinking that takes a lot of work but if you just have one little picture or a symbol you don't have to do any work you're just like that's it that's what it is i'm done i don't need to do any work or research because that's what it is Mm -hmm. So that's what this book is not about, but it is about that. It was written in the 80s and it went into just talking about images and how it's all infused. It's probably my cell phone that just rang. Oh, no, I, I'm, I was going to grab, I didn't hear your cell phone. I was going to grab my book about symbols. Yeah, grab it because I, I need to get there's much recommendations for books. I got all these books. All right, bro. You want the king of symbols, okay? Well, first yeah. of all, Manly P. Hall is great for symbols. I am sure you have some of his work because everybody's got Manly's stuff. I got that. Big yeah. One. Okay, good. You got the one you need. Carl Jung, Psychology and Alchemy. Okay. And yes, this book looks like, oh my gosh, it's so thick but look check it out it's all pictures (laughs) there's so many images in this book i love it it's yeah it's great this is a really good book for symbolism and then i'm ordering that book and then this one by alexander rube is alchemy and mysticism similar title but different and way more pictures even more pictures every single page is a picture so if you like symbols, this is your book. I mean, it goes deep. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be great. I'm going to get both of them. Well, and since we're here on the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. Oh, right. What do you think? It's the day. Yeah. What do you think, man? I mean, obviously 11 and 22, those two numbers have deep significance. Yep, and right. then six is important in this whole, you know, zeitgeist. So here we are on the 60th year. It's exactly 60 years ago this took place. And today we have a news report that I just found that says the FBI is investigating a vehicle that exploded at the border crossing. It exploded on the Rainbow Bridge over Niagara Falls. So, I mean, if that doesn't sound like there's some freaking symbolism oh, going wow, on. Oh, this is developing now. Yeah, this is all going down right now. It just happened 30 minutes ago. So, kind of fun. Niagara Falls. Kind of funny, you know, to be in the middle so of it right now. It's a terror <laughs> thing. I'm looking into it right now. I'm reading it. And it's happening on JFK. So this is a big day for the occult, the 22nd. So JFK was taken out on national television by a secret element of the government, Mm -hmm. secret society. He came out and said about this, talked about the secret society and secret oaths, like right before that went down, not too long before that. It's also the day the Federal Reserve met up on Jekyll Island Mm. as well. So it's around that time frame as well. They were meeting on that day. It was like a whole like week kind of thing where they're meeting this king kill ritual. So just looking at this right off the bat, Viagra 
I mean, Niagara, Niagara <laughs> Falls, <laughs> Viagra. I've never taken Viagra. Niagara Falls, sponsored by Viagra. Maybe I wonder if the night, so everything I've been looking at is this 36 parallel, this ley line. I don't know if Niagara Falls, what ley line it's on. I think it's on the same line as the Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Vermont border, like that northern line. I think that's the 42nd parallel. Yeah, it says 43rd on Wikipedia. Oh, Niagara Falls is on the 43rd parallel? But today leaves 34 days left until the end of the year. So that's like 43, 34 backwards. Right. There's 33 and 43, 34 and 43 numbers huge in Illuminati ritual. Two dead in attempted attack on Rainbow Bridge. I don't know what this is all about. Well, it just, I mean, it's all developing right now, but either way, I think good timing on our part uh, to record today because, yeah, this is when the energy is uh, high for the, these kind of weird events to take place. They, the, the elite, they like cycles. They like doing things in oh repetition. Oh, my goodness. What? Okay. It's a bridge that it took place on? The Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, so that's between like, yeah, Canada and make, New York. This is gonna make me look, me and Tommy Truthful look really good because all year long, we said that there's gonna be a bridge attack, and we called it the Omega event. But this doesn't seem like it is the Omega event, which wow. is like the big event. But yeah. we've been talking about something to go down on a bridge. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, it is JFK Day, so it very well could be the Omega event. Maybe it didn't go off the way they had hoped. Maybe they were hoping to destroy the bridge between America and Canada. I mean, that that's like crucial transportation lane right there. You know, any border crossing is going to be an important area politically, of course, economically, of course, culturally even, and then, you know, where that bridge is it's not just niagara falls like that's the like the main vein into america like when europe came to america they used the saint lawrence river into the great lakes like that's a crucial pathway like everybody you know oh we think about you know christopher columbus going down in the caribbean that doesn't mean jack shit compared to what they did up in Canada and Montreal and, uh, you know, Montreal and Toronto and all these places all along that border are very important. I mean, Detroit used to be, you know, the motor capital of the world for that reason, you know, because they have this uh, shipping lane there. So it's a very crucial spot. So to see any type of event going on there, explosion or otherwise is definitely omega worthy uh you know i don't again i'm not in the prediction game that's you and and tommy's biz apparently (laughs) but i'm i I respect it i think that's interesting yeah i'm looking at uh some of the images there they got like a unicorn on On the the wall it's a lion and a unicorn those symbols are on the British heraldry often. You ever heard of the Queen's Beasts? The Queen's Beasts? Yeah. No. 
So I think it was like Queen Elizabeth or Queen Victoria. I don't think it was the most recent queen. It could have been. But in the British, you know, palace or wherever, they, you know, Whitechapel or whatever they call it, they have this room where they have these seven or eight or nine statues and they're all mythological beasts. And one of them's a lion, so not quite mythological, but there is a unicorn. There's also a, a unicorn with two two horns, so not a unicorn, but they call it a Yale. Go figure, Yale University just happens to be named after one of the queen's beasts. Not, you know, not a coincidence. And there are others that I don't remember, but just like the types of weird mythological beings that you would see on like European royal crests and badges and heralds and things like that. You know, the, these are all like anthropomorphized and personified in the queen's beasts hall. Like she's got them all standing there. So it's very interesting. You know, there's this whole secret, you know, mythology that they partake in and whether they worship these beings or they just acknowledge them, that's for other people to figure out. I'm not quite sure. It makes me think of the look. I mean, they look like merry-go-rounds and like how like the merry-go-round always had like yes. a unicorn on one of them. Well, it was ma- they were made around that same time, you know, with the where porcelain was how they made those kinds of statues and whatnot. But yeah, it has a very, it looks like, and if you've ever been to a merry-go-round, which itself is like an energy device, you know, it's spinning you in a circle. It's channeling the energy of the park into a, a spiral. It has all these mythological creatures, you know, all beautiful, dazzling porcelain, shiny porcelain, you know, it looks really cool. I wonder if there's some magic in it because they used to believe that statues would be inhabited by spirits and a moving statue was something that was kind of like very special, right? Like, you know, statues didn't typically move. So a carousel is a whole, you know, marching band of moving statues that you jump on top of. It's, I don't know, a cabin of curiosity spinning around. But have you ever heard of the, I think it's Shekmet statue in the British Museum that spins on its own? Really? Statue that spins yeah, they, on they, its own? Yeah, they have a video of it. And this statue, they determined that there's no way it can move on its own. A, it's too heavy. B, there's no like seismic earthquake activity in the area when it moves and there's nothing like underneath it or around it that could move it. So it's it's, this Egyptian one. Yeah. Manchester museum. Yeah. And it spins on its own in place. So it's in like this glass case and just out of nowhere, it just starts spinning. And I mean, who knows, maybe that's what carousels were designed to do something similar where it's like this, you know, spirit inside of the, the statue and, and it, it has a life of its own. It could move. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the pictures of it. And like, I know we've talked about this a while ago, but like the statues that move that come to life, they're like robots. But Caesar's Palace in Vegas, every like hour, the statues come alive and start moving. And really? They put on a show. Huh. I didn't know yeah. that. I've never been it to Vegas. It kind of goes into like, 
maybe it goes into some kind of a Vesa brotherhood where these celebrities keep reincarnating and they live forever. It's called the called Vesa, the, where they keep on living like the guy who edited the Bible, the well, Freemason guy. What's his name? Albert Pike. Not Albert Pike. He edited the Bible. One. Yeah. The King James Version. Oh, John D? Not John D. He's a Freemason. Elias yeah. Ashmole? No. He's like the name's just slipping my tongue. Was he an but, American Freemason or you're a British Freemason? I, <laughs> it's all he, right. He, he changed. But they said that he was going into different souls and like uh, living forever. Really? Oh my God. Why am I? St. Germain? So the guy who became St. Germain, the, the story, the lore, there's St. Germain, but who he was before St. Germain. Huh. It's, and he's a Freemason. You sure he's not like a Templar or somebody like that? Who added him? Jacques de Molay? Nostradamus? Now I'm just trying to think of old dudes. I don't know how I'm forgetting this guy's name. It's uh, Once I say it, you're going to be like, oh. Um. Well, it kind of sounds like what you're describing. Sir Francis Bacon. Francis oh, Bacon. Oh, okay. Yeah, Francis Bacon. Yeah. Well, what you're describing with Caesar's Palace reminds me of something called the genus loci, the spirit of the place. And like architects will put like gargoyles and different like sculptures on buildings to so that a guardian or protector spirit will inhabit the building and keep it safe. And there is a story like a couple of years ago where one of these gargoyles fell off one of the buildings and killed a woman. It just like, you know, she's just walking along and the woman just so happened to be an architect, which was weird, you know, and I don't think she was working on that building or even associated with it. So it's not like she was there you know, on a construction site or anything and, and happened to get hit by a gargoyle. She's just like this architect walking down the street like anyone else, uh, millions of people in New York City, and she gets hit by a gargoyle. I thought that was kind of odd of all people, <laughs> an architect. Yeah, just like how there's that banker walking on Obama's birthday and got struck by lightning, like four or five people got struck by lightning at the I White did. House. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like divine place. retribution. <laughs> yeah, or like manipulation of the the light. This, this rainbow bridge thing is so interesting. I'm going to have to look into it. You got to do a full-blown video on it, dude. Oh, man, it is just, it's just nutty. Well, like, and as we start to wrap up here, what, um, what do you have for the audience anything that you've been covering lately obviously you and tommy truthful have been working on some predictions you've been looking into all kinds of stuff but anything you want to promote as we start to kind of wind down here yeah you know for the 2024 i got some big plans just always researching and working Really want to take stuff to next level. Well, and on uh, that note, I just realized we didn't get into your 2024 predictions. So let, let's hit it. What what do you think is going down? 
Oh, 2024 <laughs> predictions. I don't know. I'm still, we're still in 2023, but 2024, 24 is the Omega letter in the Greek alphabet right before 24 is the trident. And we see that trident show up in a lot of war stuff as well. JFK assassinated on a giant trident. The twin towers were built upon the trident true. So we're leaving the trident. The last few years of the lockdowns were named after all these Greek alphabet letters, Omicron or whatever. They're all the different Greek letters. And the last one is the 24th. And we're going into 2024. And even the Paris Olympics logo is a 24. They changed it to this girl, right? But the girl looks like the Omega logo. 24 is also Jupiter. And it looks like that logo as well. And 24 is X in the alphabet. Maybe this is getting too crazy. But the alpha and the omega is on the dollar bill. And what I think is happening is the transmutation through alchemy of the CBDCs of us entering that on the dollar bill, you have the alpha George Washington, the first president in the Omega logo around him is the Omega Trump. Mar-a-Lago is the Omega. You see the Omega in a lot of places. And I think that we're going into some new sort of currency like CBDC type stuff. So we're going to need some big event to happen. And the event that we've been predicting for the Omega would be a bridge collapse. So like this event that happened is kind of on like point with that, but it looks like this wasn't like a huge event, but if that would have collapsed, then that would have been the event, but maybe it was supposed to be it and it just didn't go through, but yeah, weird. Yeah, so I think that 24 is the is the Omega stuff. I think that there's going to be some... We're coming up on a full moon on the 27th. And I just... I, I feel like it, it all has to do with the economy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't really have... No, I haven't really rolled anything down, you know, for... But the whole Omega thing. So that's it. I'm not saying that there's a prediction there, just the symbols. That's I hear what I'm you. Looking at. You're more of the your interpretation. You're the dragon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, and yeah, I look forward to, you know, as you go deeper, because as you pointed out, right. it's interpretation. It's not, you're not predicting anything, but I mean, hey, you're pretty spot on with anything going on with the bridge. So let's just hope that uh, <laughs> the bridge between sanity and reality stays solid and that doesn't collapse because yeah we've got a lot of craziness going on in the world and hopefully cooler minds prevail but donut always good to have you on the show it's been it's been an hour and some change almost two hours here so nice good episode here and uh you're gonna be putting this out on your channel so shout out to all the people in donuts crowd and uh yeah, that's all for me, folks. I don't have much else to say other than I always love having you on the show, brother. And uh, I look forward to whatever comes next. What is this? Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. 
Much love. My family thinks I'm crazy. Right on. Right on. Well, all right. With that, thank you folks for tuning in and immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now. All right. That was my conversation with Donut on the My Family Thinks of Crazy podcast. Now let's go over to my interview with Donut on his show, The Donut Factory. Check it out on YouTube, wherever you get your YouTube. If you're listening on the free feed, you missed Donut's close encounter with a Sasquatch. Turns out Donut had a Sasquatch sighting that he told me the details of, and I was surprised to find out he hadn't really looked much into Bigfoot, so I filled him in on what I knew, what I've heard recently about the big hairy guy. So sign up on the Patreon or just, you know, never hear that. How sad for you. Now enjoy these ads. So many things that people have never heard and do not know that are so important to understand. That's pretty good. But try it like this. Yo, what up? It's Donut, and you tuning in to all your Illuminati news. And we are here with my family. Thinks I'm cuckoo, cuckoo. What's up, Mark? My family thinks I'm crazy. Hello. Hello. We we got a great presentation for you today. I just got some of these stickers in the Illuminati worms, which is going into the VHS donut box. So shout out to everybody who grabbed their copy. Uh, and if you grab yours, we still got some more left. You grab it. I'm going to give you a shout out live while we're streaming. But Mark, you've got an amazing sub stack right now on the portals, the powers, what I like to call it with skull and bones. It's something I've been looking into this Octothorpe. You know, you got the Octothorpe. With the three, three, the 33, we see this in a lot of symbolism of tic-tac-toe. It's just a very magical thing in society. Yeah. See it in the Uh, office. Yeah, I noticed that. And you you have the question, why was New Haven divided into nine squares? I think we'll we'll try to answer that question and, and then that might 
you know, shed some light on why you see this tic-tac-toe board, uh, chessboard, checkerboard symbolism uh, in a lot of places. Yes, with The Office, uh, a show that was a favorite of mine when I was younger. And much like Assassin's Creed, the video game probably had some hidden symbolism that filtered into my subconscious. And now I'm in the process of uh, deprogramming myself and, and sort of understanding all the things that we were raised with and, and things that we probably took for granted. Now, uh, on that note, when I was about 17, 18, going to college, I went to a community college in New Haven, Connecticut, not too far from where I grew up. And within the first few months of being on my own, being independent and kind of making my own class schedule, I just realized like, wow, I'm learning so much more wandering around this city than I am sitting in this stupid community college. And uh, I eventually dropped out and I started working in New Haven because I liked it there and didn't really realize what I was getting myself into until a couple of years later. Uh, now it's been about 10 years of doing this research and just you know, putting myself in the place keeping my eyes open and, and seeing what comes to me. And once I had enough observations, the, the list was very long. I started to try to see what this all meant and what the pattern was. And yeah, so we're going to start with the architecture and the geography and the, the geomancy because. Right, right. The geomancy. The genus Yale, loci. So like, yeah. So like Yale new haven where you're talking about this is where skull and bones is a powerful secret society uh just before we jump into it just some more just to give people kind of how powerful this group is of three two two skull and bones that al roker most recently just talked to the president with this three two two timestamp two two three we're in the year 2023 in yale university which has been here longer than America is celebrating its 322 year. And right there's that uh, nine district square. But the geomancy, the ley lines that it was selected seems to be very important. We can see right here that Elon launched the rocket on November 18th, the 322 day of the year. Oprah stayed home for 322 days. Hillary there's this March 22nd connection, 322. But I, there's all this 322 stuff all over New Haven. And even in this book, which is like my favorite book, um, it goes into at one of the Starbucks. You can see their hidden secret garden and just learning about secret societies and initiations. Oh, well, well. <laughs> hold on a second. From the Starbucks can't see the secret garden but um, lied but there no 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 you're you're thinking of the art museum you could see the you could see the skull and bones from the starbucks but their their secret garden behind skull and bones tomb no you you can't see that from starbucks i know oh, that okay I, I mean i go to that exact spot in new haven every time i go to new haven so i know 
I know it front and back, but if you want, we can go here, pull up Google Maps, and I'll show you why you can't see it because of what's been built. Uh, if you go on Google Earth or Google Maps, you you should be able to find Starbucks pretty easily, and Skull and Bones is right across the street. And Skull and Bones, the people who owned the property that was sold to the the men who built the tomb, uh, well, that person is connected to the skull and bones fraternity and they also sold the property that uh, the art museums were built on and the construction of the art museums was synergistic with the construction of the secret societies in the sense that whoever was planning it was involved in both because what you notice with the art museum is that it actually obstructs uh, the average person from seeing Skull and Bones' tomb because it's situated on this one-way street. And the art museum is so big that when you're going on the adjacent one-way street, unless you, for whatever reason, were going down High Street, which ends on the next block, um, so there's not really many, there's not much traffic on that street to begin with. See this this bridge going over the road where it says Nolan Center, Yale? That, right. So that bridge, when you're sitting in the Starbucks, which is on the adjacent um, opposite corner. Um, nope, it's it's down on the corner where the block, where the two roads are. No, no, no. Zoom out. That's the bridge. Now, see where it says Chapel Street? Oh, right here. Yeah. There's Starbucks. There's Starbucks. So... So when you're sitting in Starbucks, the bridge is obscuring your view of the Skull and Bones tomb. I think they did that on purpose because they connected this older art museum with this newer art museum or the new addition to this art museum. And then they built on top of both, just creating this huge wall of art building. And yeah, here's the sculpture garden. But in between the sculpture garden and the skull and bones tomb that's the secret garden you're talking about uh, and if you change to um street to satellite view instead of map view we'll be able to see some more uh details if you go down to the left corner of the map screen here it'll give you the option bottom left corner uh to to change to satellite image view yeah there you go so when you're on satellite image view, you'll notice that there are a bunch of trees in front of Skull and Bones. And I am almost certain that Google put a few of those trees in there artificially, like image in the image, because when you're on the Google Maps 3D view, all those trees are blocking the view of the tomb. Meanwhile, when you look at the image of the tomb, there's one, two, three trees in front of it. Just three. There's only one in front of it, two on the side. Um, and those are not sufficient cover to block the whole facade. So, yeah, I think there was a little bit of image manipulation going on on the part of Google Earth. Um, that only, you know, makes you wonder how powerful Skull and Bones is. But yeah, here you go. This is the secret courtyard or secret garden. And those two towers that overlook the courtyard, those were a part of Yale's original school building. So when Yale was built, 
these two towers were called the Weir Towers. They were a part of one of the earlier buildings. And when that building was taken down, the men of Skull and Bones were, were basically given the towers. So imagine that. Two iconic towers on this campus are given to a fraternity. Ask yourself, anyone who's been to college, when that kind of thing has ever happened at your school, when a fraternity is given a gift um, that, that that's that sentimental. It really, I think, just points to how powerful Skull and Bones is and how they, in some ways, their power supersedes the president and the you know people in charge at Yale. So uh, yeah, here's the Nathan Hale statue, which is only in three places in the world. Uh, it's in Yale University. It's at the um, base, Nathan Hale's base, and it's at Langley, CIA headquarters. So, uh, yeah, that should that should give you some uh, <laughs> clues as to who Skull and Bones is connected to. Obviously, the CIA was born out of Skull and Bones uh, because the OSS was a creation of people who had graduated from skull and bones yale right they were members of the skull and bones order a very exclusive order at yale university one of eight ancient secret societies at yale university and when i say ancient i mean uh, that's just their title they're not actually ancient in the the true sense of the word but as you pointed out in your awesome intro Yale University is older than the country itself. Their 322nd anniversary is, I think it's coming up. I think it, they, they founded the school towards the end of the year. October in 1701. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's already passed. So and curiously enough, that was also my birthday week, uh, October 11th. So maybe that just shows how I, I'm kind of inextricably connected to this in a way that I don't even understand. But uh, yeah, this is this is a, some of the slides that I've put together. And I think I gave this presentation the last time I was here. And that's what these slides were created for. But just to reiterate um, for people who may have missed that past stream or I guess they can't see it now since all your your videos were deleted unless they're a supporter. Um, but yeah, we have uh, the the green here, which is at the center of the nine square configuration that makes up New Haven. New Haven's the first planned city in America. That's why this is important, folks, because, you know, uh, colonists, they were just kind of the, the pilgrims. They were coming by boat. And at first, places like, you know, um, Boston and uh, Cambridge and these other like early towns along the Massachusetts coast up there in Cape Cod, they were just all, open all comers. But New Haven was kind of like a city of elites from the get-go. These were people who left Boston, left Hartford, and said, we're going to create our own special little place here on the shore of Long Island Sound, right? And the, this is on the north shore of Long Island Sound in Connecticut, uh, in between two mountains where the Quinnipiac River meets the Long Island Sound. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a geographically auspicious place fertile uh it's a good place to settle down but they built this nine square grid and yeah as you're pointing out here as time went on the uh the the country seemed to have formed around new haven in this you know really weird arrangement um 
Boston and New Haven and New York and Philadelphia all line up with each other on this ley line. Those four cities were instrumental in the American Revolution uh, in different ways. And, you know, that's not a coincidence. But to go back to the nine square and the, the green at the center here, uh, what we're looking at, they have all sorts of uh, festivals and music festivals, things like that on the green. But originally there were three churches built on the green, all facing the east. That's important. Um, we'll keep that in mind when another one of these slides comes up. Um, but when you look at the, go back to the pat, the other slide that you had, the one before this one. Before this one. Yeah. So what most people notice with the green are these pentagram walkways that you see in the top left hand corner of this slide and that's what grabs people's attention it's rightly so considering skull and bones is in this town and all of the sort of satanic negativity that goes along with their uh you know reputation but yeah this um the same thing is going on in washington dc and I point out in my article that New Haven was planned and built before Washington, D.C. So maybe there's a sort of, uh, you know, stages of development that we can look at here where we see how maybe the first iteration of a planned city looked. And then we compare that to, you know, uh, the more advanced level planned city, Washington, D.C. So New Haven's really kind of... Um, not the origin of planned cities. They were there were planned cities in the old world, but it's the first in America, and it's significant because, in my mind, I think it points to who's actually in control of this country, and it's not the federal government, or at least <clears throat> maybe not anymore, or maybe you know that's a whole nother conversation with who the federal government really is. But I think Yale with its uh, obvious connections to England helps us understand who is really in control of America. Uh, I'll say that again, obvious connections to England. There are some other obvious connections to Germany, the Vatican, to France. Um, so Yale is this sort of elitist European um, sort of loyalist, I guess, <clears throat> nexus point, as much as I overuse that word, um, throughout American history. And I think that's why we have this brotherhood of death, these men who engage in war, they're controlling the banks. You know, this isn't, something that they just fashioned out of thin air. This is a carryover from the old world, the order of the old world, the Freemasons, uh, all of it. It's all connected. And as you can see here, we have the Templar flag right there in front of you on the uh, Yale coat of arms. And even the hog that's tied up uh, above that coat of arms there, that's symbolic as well in a number of, of different ways. But yeah, Yale gets its name from Elihu Yale, who was a slaver, a drug trafficker with the British East India Company in um, what was then known as Madra. Or um, I'm, I'm thinking of where Wolverine lives. 
<laughs> I was going to say Madripoor. I don't think that's a real place. Um, somewhere in um, in India. It's it's a town that it's like a place that has an old name and a new name. Like you know, the English called it something that it's not called anymore, essentially. But he was from there, and um, he's from Boston. Lived most of his life in India and gave a ton of money to Yale University and that's why they named it after him but what's interesting is there are there are a number of other interpretations uh for that word Yale uh it's a Welsh last name and there's some interesting connections to Wales and Yale and they even sound the same but the Yale, if you want to just jump over to Google real quick, Donut, and Google this in for us, but the sure. Yale is a mythical creature. And I didn't know this until very recently when I started to study the artwork all over the campus. But Yale is a mythical creature, and they have images of these mythical creatures on the, um, on the school. They relate them now to the Ibex, but Ibex don't have leopard spots they also don't have um tusks like a walrus um so yeah it, it's a mythical creature not a ibex but uh yeah see the polka dot spots and i mean you know that there's a whole conversation to these creatures being um basically hybrids from the past created by the elites with their cloning programs to you know basically take the creator and defile him by you know basically doing what he does and inverting it right like god is the creator so when man tries to create life it, it's like a a blasphemy it's like an inversion it's like a bastard bastardization so maybe that's why we see the queen uh sort of worshiping these these beasts in her in her uh, Queen's Beast Hall that you just pointed out there. Yeah, like it's it's kind of interesting that they have such reverence for these mythological creatures. And the Bible tells us that these mythological creatures were all damned and meant to be destroyed in the flood. Maybe there is something uh, that that we're supposed to understand from that, you know. And Well, again, you know, we I, were talking about the unicorn yesterday. We did a podcast together. And what, when is that going to be released? I think it might be just on both of our Patreons. Oh, it'll be out. It'll be out this week. I'm going to put it out on my, my family thinks I'm crazy pod. Okay. So we got, we got a dope one that we did uh, a couple of days ago and we were talking about the unicorn as well as the merry-go-round. And this kind of goes into the ley lines. Now there was a, we just had Thanksgiving, Right. And the turkeys be attacking people like crazy all over the place. And it is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like the the merry-go-round, how everything goes around turkeys in a circle. Walking in a circle around a dead cat in the middle of the road. You know, you got these turkeys going. It just made me think of the merry-go-round, which had the the unicorn on it. But I mean, I was just looking Did at the that. Turkeys only kill that cat. No. So what's happening with, with that is that these turkeys go crazy and they just start t 
terrorizing the neighborhoods. Here's a bunch of articles on different times. Aggressive turkeys terrorized Maryland, uh, Washington, D.C. They got gangs of turkeys, Mount Lebanon, neighborhoods and turkeys. This is is what happens when this is this is this is not. Let me just explain something. This is what happens when sheltered people who live in the city move into relatively rural or suburban (laughs) areas and they don't know how to deal with their new surroundings. So they immediately freak out and call the news or pull out their camera. Like turkeys be (laughs) turkeying. Turkeys be turkeying. That's why we shoot them and eat them in they're they're not like this beautiful creature that we need to respect. I I I'm, don't get me wrong. We need to respect them. I love all animals, but they're they're wildlife. Like there's a reason why we hunt and kill animals because if we don't, then they over they become overpopulated and they cause problems. So uh, when when they're doing world, the, in a when they're doing world, the, all the turkeys live, but hey, we got to eat. When they're doing the circle, this is known in the animal kingdom i guess like fish do it uh as a protection shield because it was like a cat so they were probably freaking out because cats probably take them out constantly well i i would i would imagine that if these turkeys didn't harm this cat and this isn't some kind of like territorial thing where they're kind of like i don't know where they attacked it and now they're like you know displaying their territory i would imagine that it's the opposite where they're like no we like cats and they're they're like mourning because like all sorts of different animals mourn um elephants mourn otters like all sorts of creatures mourn the dead so it's not like a only a human thing to understand the afterlife for that when things die they die (laughs) you know so who knows maybe that was some sort of sacred turkey ritual that we just observed it's kind of funny you know on the point of thanksgiving that the turkey is this to the native americans a very sacred bird benjamin franklin thought the turkey should be the national bird right the instead of the bald eagle and instead of that happening now we have this holiday where we annually kill turkey so i don't know it's maybe there's something to that but um Right. Well, I was just saying like how the unicorn on the merry-go-round, I just wanted to play that because it was just Thanksgiving, but there's something about a merry-go-round connected to ley lines. We're talking about these certain ley lines being established. Let's let's get back to the nine square and the ley lines because I like the turkey tangent, but I kind of, I want to, I want to square away my thoughts on this for people because yeah like you'll look at the um you look at the overhead view of the green the one where we can see the path work um yeah zoom out and go over to the green it's like two blocks to the east there you go yeah you can see it there so um yeah so when we look at these path works and zoom in a little bit so we can get a better look at it you know, all sorts of interpretations have been made. Some people think it's like a, a sigil, like Lucifer's sigil, and I've seen that. It definitely resembles that. It can obviously just say, oh, well, it's two pentagrams, you know, one on top of another, and then a third one kind of on the side there. Um, also, keep in mind that the green has changed over the years. It's owned by a private organization. It's not owned by the city itself. 
So, you know, it could be that the that the paths were once in w one direction and they've been altered slightly to throw off the pattern, maybe by, you know, accident, maybe not intentionally. But let's go to the flagpole at the center there of that section of the green. So this is an eight sided flagpole. It's also a fountain. Water shoots out of it uh, during the warm parts of the year. And it's eight-sided, which is significant. In Rome, in Athens, they would create these eight-sided towers called the, um, the Towers of the Winds. And they were all connected to each other over very, very long distances, just ge geom uh, geomet ge geometrically. There we go. <laughs> hmm. uh, because an eight-sided shape is an easy shape to connect over long distances you have eight different vec vectors uh that you these paths that you can possibly connect uh two octagons to each other with right so if you just drew like an infinite line off of each uh you know line on an octagon you're going to hit another octagon at some point just due to the the shape of these octagons right it creates like a, a matrix a grid and this matrix is interesting. It's a, it's a way of gathering energy. So you create these matrices where the geometry is such that certain energy gets filtered through it like a net and stays. So that's really important. Let's think about that, that while, while, I, while I explain what the nine square grid is. Because So where is the nine square grid on here? Is it right here? There. This would be yeah, it. very. It's very easy. To, it's very easy to see. So the green is the center square. So every square next to it is 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 the same size of it. So there, yeah, there you go. There it is. I got now, it. Uh, as time went on, more streets have been built, more buildings have been built. So the the square is not as easily discernible as it once was when they originally built the town. But you can go back. You look up sixteen thirty eight map of new haven and it'll show you that original nine square plot with little houses all around it and this these three churches have always been there facing the east oriented to the east that's very important on temple street of course which temple street wasn't there when they first built the town that was something that came in after you could also see uh remnants of spray paint where they wrote black lives matter uh very large on temple street that was symbolic for sure um especially considering that what we're looking at is a giant cube the cube of saturn and in the kabbalah this shape this nine square shape is a sigil a symbolic representation or a magical square for the planet saturn so this is very important because skull and bones is a death's head secret society saturn is the death's head it's the grim reaper it's the the skeleton uh so new haven is literally a saturnian place and this tic-tac-toe symbol is literally a saturnian symbol and that's why we see it in so many places with tic-tac-toe with this joan is awful show which i didn't know about that I, is that a black mirror thing i'm not sure what it is i've never well, seen you know, that you got that justin B, justin bieber he went into the metaverse on the 322 day and it ended him on the square 
the black cube as well. Well, and you know, this is all fine and Danny, the symbolism, Ooh, the symbols. But when you look at what new Haven's actually created, that's where I think the, the symbolic Saturnian aspects really start to make sense. So if you want to go to my article, the one that has the blue photo at the top, uh, and then we can scroll down. Yeah, this one. Scroll down to the bottom of this article. It's not an image that we're going to be looking for. Yeah, go all the way to the bottom. So what I did was I compiled, and it's easy. They, they have it on Wikipedia. Keep going. Um, I found the list of firsts, New Haven firsts. And I think this is really important because it connects us to tons and tons of Saturnian aspects of our modern world. So obviously New Haven, first planned city, 1638. Uh, fast forward to the um, revolutionary period and uh, the submarine was invented in Connecticut. So, you know, huge, huge, huge development in naval warfare. The submarine completely changed naval warfare. Um, but we're not going to spend too much time on that. Let's just gloss over that because people could people could spend days learning about submarines and all the weirdness. Um, steamboats, the steamboat also revolutionized America. You know, America originally everything was um, transported by water. Okay, so that's why we had 13 colonies all on the coast so that we can all trade with each other very easily using the ocean. Once the steamboat was invented, people were able to rapidly, rapidly, rapidly expand across America. We're talking about the Midwest. We're talking about the Wild West. We're talking about California and the West Coast, all of it within reach thanks to the steamboat. OK, and that was invented in New Haven. So, I mean, wow. this is this is but I like, mean, just even the idea of, you know, the Cilician pirates uh, the skull right, and bones. Right, 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 right. Knights Templar, these people who were who were ocean faring, you know, naval, these naval experts who were able to defeat, you know, armies that were so much larger than them, but they had a stronger navy. Uh, and that's what kept them in power and kept these secret societies alive, stretching all the way back to, yeah, I mean, the time of Jesus, really. But we're going to keep pushing through here and not get too caught up on the submarine and steamboat because there's so many connections that we can find there now next the west was one with samuel colt's revolver and the winchester rifle both of which were invented in new haven um the tire which changed the world and paved the way for the automobile and the you know network of roads that we now have uh, the first corkscrew for all you winos, uh, the telephone, which completely changed the world because the internet is a byproduct technically of the telephone in a way. So if it wasn't for telephones, we wouldn't have the internet. We wouldn't be teleconferencing right now, uh, de-occulting and exposing all of these very, 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 you know, very I, unsettling I, truths. <laughs> I got to share another symbol, though, of the telephone. Um, because, you know, I just love looking at all the different symbols. And I had it here. Let me see where it is. Oh, maybe I don't got it. 
All right. I'll keep looking. Well, continue. We'll go back to my my list, please, and uh, and I'll continue. So yeah, we got the telephone, and then a slight diversion: the Knights of Columbus, um, which is a Catholic secret society, was founded in New Haven. One of the, I think, the third tallest building in New Haven is their headquarters, and it has a very interesting shape. It actually kind of resembles the shape of their logo, but uh, curved. Yeah, there you go. So when you look at the, that looks wild. When you look at this building from a bird's eye view. It makes a very specific shape that I don't remember the name of, but it's a sort of Celtic symbol and uh, definitely significant, especially considering where it is in uh, in in New Haven too. It's it's in the nine square, but it's kind of in the bottom corner of the nine square, and I think that's significant. Also. Next door to the Knights of Columbus headquarters used to be the Coliseum, New Haven's Coliseum. So, I mean, it's since been demolished, but the New Haven Coliseum was legendary for, I mean, everybody came through there. Van Halen, uh, Elvis Presley, like the, like, I don't know why I said Van Halen first, Elvis Presley, like all the biggest rock acts of the past hundred years came through the Coliseum at New Haven. So that's significant as well, because music, energy, culture, I mean, these are all ways that uh, humanity has changed. Now, let's continue down the, the, I know I'm speeding through this really quickly, but there's so much here. And we're, I'm going to be diving into it more and more as time goes on. So if people like this, just stay with me, support the Substack. Uh, the Lollipop, a weird spiral confection um, invented in New Haven. Candy. Yeah, I bet you there's something with uh, Lil Wayne there. Well, there, yeah, there. Well, yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about that on YouTube, but yeah, um, the lollipop weird. There's probably a ton of candy weirdness that has to connect with alchemy. I wouldn't be surprised if like the candy world grew out of alchemy, and that's why there's so much symbolism with that movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, but anyways, James Hillhouse tree thing that's not really that interesting but what is interesting about the trees in new haven is that new haven is known as the elm city because of all the elm trees planted now think about elm tree nightmare on elm street jfk was shot on elm street the elm tree is the uh is the the tree that was dedicated to saturn by the druids okay back to saturn new haven is a saturnian nine square and the Elm Tree, Nightmare on Elm Street, is here, right? I mean, think about that, folks. Nightmare on Elm Street. How iconic is that movie? And this is what's going on in New Haven. So, yeah, a lot of lot of weirdness. Wow. And then it just keeps going on. The Frisbee was invented in New Haven. Uh, the Erector set. And then the first memorial to victims of the... Big HC um, was built in New Haven, which is interesting considering Skull and Bones and Yale helped fund World War One and Two. They also helped fund, uh, you know, who hit the man yeah. Hitler. So yeah, and I mean, like weird, weird, weird connections. You <laughs> even got you know the Black Hand who launched off World War One with right. the assassinations of Franz Ferdinand, and it's the same symbolism exactly 
Wow. Great. I got this link down below. Everybody go check out this. And it all, goes all deeper. You know, the, the, the road that Skull and Bones' tomb is on is a corpse road. The entire green has over 6,000 bodies buried under it. So, I mean, yeah, there's this sort of death symbolism going on with New Haven in a, in a major way. And, um, you know, this is kind of, I think, in, in many ways, affected our modern world. World Wars, Cold War. I mean, this is, this is the, one of the engines that drove that. Now, going back to the symbolic characters and whatnot, New Haven and the Nine Square, you can interpret that as geometrically invoking the Temple of Solomon, and uh, Temple of Solomon was built by Hiram Abiff, who the Egyptians showed us was a green man. And Juan and I went down this rabbit hole recently where we looked into the green man symbolism. And the green man shows up at Yale University as well in the form of a uh, pan relief. There's this face of pan that's on um, one of the flagpoles in one of the courtyards. But what are we looking at here, Donut? I'm trying to bring up the... All right, there. Oh, wow. Green man. <laughs> exactly. But, like, this symbol reminded me of the ritual. Speaking of Harema Biff and whatnot, right here, it says Harema Biff right at the bottom. It's, like, very important in Freemasonry. And he's kneeling down... And there's eight people and that symbol right here, he's kneeling down, but there's the eight people. So I don't know. I was just trying to connect something there. You got the three steps there. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just put out this video um, on the predictive programming, this song that they were playing, they were given anonymous warning that the corn is going to start dying and it's just really creepy. They say <laughs> we don't need a morn in heaven if we have corn paving the streets. <laughs> that was at the Thanksgiving Day parade. Yeah. Corn. <laughs> it was weird. Is this is this was this funded by like corn farmers of America or something like this was corn is, is very sacred vegetable and it's it's something that only grew in the Americas and there's a whole I mean there's a whole path to go down there about how corn is this kind of sacred plant and it's been symbolized in different like gover government symbols you know like uh what do you call it the corner logos well no like the logos that different states use and whatnot i forget the official seals the state seals you'll see corn very often and uh even i think Re the rennes le chateau um church in france has like corn depicted inside of it which people have pointed at that and said, well, that's evidence that they went to America before Columbus. Uh, Cause how else would you know about corn? But yeah, it's a, 
it's a deep symbol you know connects to the sun and all this stuff makes me think of cornell like how all these ley lines are i just so it's so interesting well yeah yale being an ivy league school and all these other ivy league schools for the most part are kind of in the same line with each other that new york city boston philadelphia new haven line uh, and it goes all the way down like we've talked about on previous shows um all the way down to Teotihuacan in Mexico and all the way up to Stonehenge in England. So, uh, and you know, I talking about the office and it's going bones connection with the nine yeah. seasons. There's even the Dwight street right here. Yeah. Part of- well, Dwight, Dwight is the name of one of the founders of uh, skull and bones. So I feel like that's just paying homage <laughs> to Dwight. Isn't that funny? Maybe not one of the founding members, but one of the like important members of Scotland's. But yeah, yeah. It's Timothy Dwight, that's the, one of the professors. It's in so many TV shows. Like, uh, I'm just paying homage. Mm-hmm. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Even Doja Cat in front of the 1776. Yikes. She has her new song called Skull and Bones. Yeah. And, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They have the Taff family. Tiberius Kirk. Batman. There's just so much references of 322 Skull and Bones all over the place. And then being pirates or whatever you got johnny depp the pirates of the caribbean it's taking these pictures on the checkerboard floor bitcoin btc i mean there's there's just like so much with this like new haven path of research it's there's so much man it's just crazy oprah staying in the home for three two two days to own NWO. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They got the Taff family, just like mm. Skull and Bones Taff. And this was the Bell logo I wanted to bring up. Just the phone companies. T Mobile is very similar, like the Facebook. This isn't Facebook, but it looks like the Facebook logo of the two ball cane, the two balls and the the seven. Mm. so what's going on with these ley lines can they summon entities with this like what's the purpose behind it i think this generates power like when they when they create this type of grid the buildings that insert into the grid it's kind of like the way you have a computer graphics chip you know like you have your your graphics board and you have all these little like components on it and the electricity is running through it and each of them you know kind of perform their own function i think it works in a similar way in an esoteric sort of way where you you charge this energy into the city street itself and it has some sort of you know beneficial consequence or some sort of power that they can utilize uh, maybe it's as simply as simple as just like luck you know 
but I, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, um, the Templars were so fascinated with it. Even there's something with people's birth charts when you're born, where Jupiter is laying, is where like you're supposed to like live or do business like even that gets into that too mm. yeah it's wild so is this the uh public one i'm looking at because this is a great article i got the links down below yeah. Yeah, this is free for anybody who wants to check out my Substack, and then uh, you know this is kind of like the basic intro to the subject and why there's just it's more than just skull and bones is is creepy, you know, like the New Haven before and after. Not that skull and bones is over, but it should be uh, before and after is is still strange, and that's kind of my study is like the strain aspect strange aspects of new haven and how this fits into the you know the world the agendas the new world order so to speak and yeah i have another article armageddon or new heaven because it does feel like they're trying to play into biblical prophecy uh with the creation of new haven and also the actions of yale university and skull and bones it seems like they're possibly following a sort of apocalyptic religion a religion that believes that they are sort of like hell's angels um or you know or ordained sort of uh <laughs> saints of hell who bring upon judgment to end the world which many christians believe is a good thing right and if you have to do bad things to bring bring it upon the world well maybe that's sort of like the ends justify the means and maybe that's why we went to war in the middle east and that's why soldiers report being sent to museums because what they were doing over there was more archaeological than military uh, because there's this deeper pursuit of ancient history that's gone in secret because the secrets are so powerful that these groups, you know, they're they're after them. They're trying to utilize them, uh, and they cannot let anybody else know because that'll defeat the purposes of their their inquiry. You know, they got to keep it cl <laughs> close to the chest. You know, with great power comes great responsibility, and unfortunately, great power corrupts. And I think they it it corrupts absolutely, as all those phrases say. Um, and yeah, I think that's what's going on here is you have people who have been corrupted by their beliefs to think that they're some sort of uh, demonic force in the world bringing about evil uh, in this kind of backwards way that will eventually redeem them. And I think it's all nonsense. I think really, you know, Christ teaches us to be kind and love one another. And, you know, I'm not a fully literate nope. Christian, but I, I do think that that's kind of anathema to what's going on in uh in new haven and skull and bones so anyone who cares about uh the world whether christian or not should care about what's going on in in new haven and it looks like haven eric got look more into it but it could mean oh, yeah. harbor master so i mean it goes into the whole boat thing that we were talking about or earlier a havener, 
Yeah, haven. When you put er at the end of a word, it, it implies personhood. But yeah, uh, haven is is a a word that means harbor. Um, but what are they harboring? Is a question I've been asking myself, and I also kind of think it, it it's not a coincidence that haven sounds like heaven um but there's a new haven in scotland i think there's a new haven in england somewhere too so it's not like the first city ever named new haven but um it's the first american city named new haven and it's it's played a big role in in culture through yale um and not just yale but other way in other ways too um it's been it's been a huge community for italian immigrants Frank Sinatra was a big part of the New Haven community. I don't think he was from New Haven, but he loved New Haven. He would come here a lot. And uh, pizza, of course, a beats as we call it. it. Arguably, we make some of the best in the country, and that's because tons of Italian immigrants moved here uh, before World War One and Two. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's tons of weirdness going on, and you know. Not that I'm an expert on Italy or anything, but there's a whole, like, again, with the Knights of Columbus and uh, even Columbus himself, there's a whole world of secret societies that are specifically Italian and uh, unique and maybe even connected to the German societies. Because remember, folks, Italy and Germany are younger countries than America. Um, Germany was formed after the United States and so was Italy, uh, I believe, because they were, you know, before that underneath the Roman empire, the Holy Roman empire. And then they had various, you know, vassal states and all kinds of long, complex history that I'm not a expert in at all. But, you know, we often think like America is the newest place on earth and it isn't. And these secret societies uh, at this crucial point in history created the countries that we know today and the governments that we know today and they formed out of secret societies there's no other way about it and people in groups like yale or harvard or princeton or columbia wherever the hell these stiffs go they write that all off and say like no well these men you know they were in secret societies because the church was big and bad and i'm not doubting that but these people became what they were an enemy of they were corrupted by power because power corrupts absolutely and um it's just a different animal you know same behavior and that's what we're examining here is this secret society and and their various forms I really believe that it's more like a class structure uh, where you have to be a part of a secret society to engage in this class uh, of people. And that's really how these Ivy League schools filter in and out certain people into these power structures uh, through the family ties, through the secret society ties, through corporation, career ties. It's all a... Uh, 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 incestual network of corruption and new haven and yale university is pretty much you know high on the hill with all this stuff i mean they they are part and parcel to the american uh paradigm
so this is so interesting. So like this is we all grew up playing tic tac toe, not knowing about how occult the symbol is. And here is the nine district square. And right here in the middle, the green would be the middle of the square, correct? Yeah. And then it zooms out, and then it's the square. It's go the ticket. Go back to that other map. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is oriented with the west on the top of the map. Okay. So, so this would be the east. No, no, that's the north. This is the east. Yes. Duh. I don't know why. <laughs> this oh, is the. Right. This and I don't so know this why would be the three churches that. right here. No, on the green would be the three churches in the center. Because they're face. Oh, right here, and because they're facing. Okay, where that center you. square is. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Square. Yeah, that would be yeah. right here. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Oh, right here. Yeah, you just had it right. And underneath the yeah. church furthest to the south, there's a bunch of um, tombs. You can tour them on Halloween. <laughs> Have you seen the flowers of the killer moon? No, um, my girlfriend did. She wasn't very happy about it. It's a really think. good movie. Yeah, They're the, the lodge, the Masonic lodge is on Elm Street. In the movie? Yeah, and in real life. What Masonic Lodge is in the movie? It's connected to a bank. I'll pull it up here. The New Haven Freemason Lodge is one of the first in the country. It's one of the oldest. Pillars of the Flower Moon Masonic. All right. I gotta I gotta find find it's pretty easy to find. Hmm. hmm. Well it used to be easy to find. Now it's not showing up. But this lodge is on Elm Street. Okay. I'm looking for my um, one of my PDFs that I put together for New Haven. It's a uh, available. People could buy it. I'll probably get, I'm probably going to make it cheaper. Because I don't know, it's like eight well, it's bucks. Just great research. But this PDF that I'm looking for right now on my computer, it's available. People can pick it up if they want. Um, and it goes into the architectural symbolism. So I break down all the buildings that I think fit into this sort of uh, matrix, if you will. And one of them is the the Freemason building. So that's why I'm looking for it right now because I don't have all of it 
remember it off the top of my head. And I also have like four different folders with all this information <laughs> on my computer. So it's very hard to find it when I need it. I got to organize it. Well, I mean, but. it's incredible. I So everybody, I got, my family thinks I'm crazy. YouTube channel, go subscribe. We got podcasts up on there. You interviewed me a couple times. Yep, yep. I haven't posted any free videos on the YouTube in a bit. I'm going to get back into doing that. I try not to post all my videos on YouTube because a lot of times we get into topics that I know I'm going to get a strike for it. So if you want all the good stuff, you got to subscribe and listen on the audio feed or support on Rockfin. But I'll be I'll be putting more stuff up there. Like I just did a great interview with Chris Knowles. I'm going to put that on there. Uh, we'll see. There'll be a bunch of new stuff up there soon. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Donut. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I lost a bunch of steam. I was going <laughs> I was going at, like, hyperspeed before, and then it got really dark in my apartment, and I'm like, got to turn the lights on in here. Maybe that'll wake me up a little bit. <laughs> the sun's going down. Oh, for sure. Well, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting back into that, that zone, getting mm. focused on research and – Mm. putting out some good content got my vhs box out uh it's looking it's coming together pretty nicely yeah i really like how this illuminati worms came out with that with Mm. that holographic illuminati worms yeah i gotta get i got the link down below for that as well is there anything else to add on top of all of this Oh, we yeah, I mean, there, there's so much, man. And like the reason why I connect Hiram Biff, Pan, the trickster. Oh, I'm with you again. Yeah. yeah. There's, we lost there's so much there. to this research. I mean, I'm only, I'm only just getting into it all now and trying to put it all out there in a way that, you know, I'm not totally like just giving it all out for free because I got to get something in return for all the hard work I've put out. But eventually it will be out there for free. But for the kind and generous folks who can support my work, uh, there's more if you can uh, support on Substack, Patreon, yada, yada, pick up a PDF as well. If you really want to go deep, if you like to read, uh, I have tons of stuff on the Substack. And again, yeah, it's not all there for free yet, but it will be one day. Um, and hey, eventually it'll go into a book and I'm not just going to give that out for free. So <laughs> so if, if you're really cheap, just wait till the $20 book comes out and get it all on paperback. For sure. When, when are you expecting to do that? I'm not going to make any promises, you know, because the thing with this research is, you know, a year ago I was like, oh yeah, I think I... I know it all. And then like now I look back and I'm like, I didn't know anything back then. So I'm always learning new stuff. I'm always learning new information that adds into this. And some recently some more people have jumped onto the project, you know, some people that were working on their own documentary. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of join forces with them and we'll see what happens from there. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, podcasting. Got to keep my podcast going so i'm not a full-time researcher but i'd like to be 
Uh, so yeah, the podcast is a good way to support me in this. I don't always only talk about this type of stuff. Uh, I talk about all kinds of stuff on my podcast. So yeah, and maybe that explains it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in. It's Donut with My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. Smash that like button. Much love and God bless you. where we wave all right and that was my interview with donut plus the interview you heard before that uh, with donut on my show hope you enjoyed it thank you for being here and of course sign up on patreon or substack now to hear the full extended edition of the first conversation of course you can sign up on uh, there and hear no ads uh, there will be some ads at the end of the episode and yeah big shout out to everybody who does support on patreon and substack i cannot do it without their help uh, that helps me keep the lights on and keep putting out the shows at the pace that i'm putting them out but guess what so does uh listening to the ads so thank you so much for being here and tuning in to the show and uh, i hope you stick around and continue listening we got some great interviews on the way some great guests returning so don't miss out also, you don't want to miss out on the Hit Kit, the number one way to get lit. Pick up your Hit Kit today. Uh, we are so proud to have the Hit Kit as a sponsor. I use the Hit Kit pretty much anytime I leave the house and I bring some bud with me, which is every time I leave the house pretty much. <laughs> uh, so yeah, whenever I roll up, I always have my Hit Kit nearby and make sure that my blunts don't get all crumpled up. I don't lose any bud, don't lose any ganja. Uh, right now I'm smoking on some Mac One, which is a great strain, and my hit kit keeps it safe and sound. So no matter what you're smoking on, a spliff, a joint, a blunt, even a cigar, uh, get yourself a hit kit and stay lit. And why not get your, your loved ones hit kits for their Christmas present. Weed's legal in most states now, so go ahead and check out the Hit Kit at the Hit Kit on Instagram or hitkit.us. All right, folks, thank you so much for being here and immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now. So uh, we had a good couple of weeks of shows. You know? Mark is doing a great job, even yeah. though he drives me fucking nuts sometimes. <laughs> he's great. No, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Good job, Mark. You can call uh, me Mark Palmer, Mark Palmer's cool. Mark Palmer's It's a beautiful thing to be alive. Motherfuckers. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to be alive. That's all I gotta say. I don't think it's about money. I think they have so much. It's just about... It's a spiritual war, dude. It's so much farther. There's more power with spring flowers than pseudo-intellectuals filled by hate with the face sour. When it comes to the hour of reckoning, recollect, reconnect with days happening. Yeah, are you frowning or laughing? Are you making the brain to barely passing? 
Caught in the asinine like the afterlife Obsessed with darkness after you mastered light Cause it's faster than a blink When it's a bastard latched to the clank Clang, the money don't mean a damn thing Think, happiness ain't coming from the bank Dang, I'm out here daydreaming The spirit's the egg, the self is the semen uh, And that's cause life is the child And it takes a village to give it the illest style So, if your family think you crazy Ain't got a village. I know you always got a place here. I can't kick it, we chillin'. Exactly, dude. You get it, bro. You're so smart, everybody. You're so smart. Feel like I'm waking up for the first time. Crusty's on my third eye, but I'm back to the grind. Pop the blinds open, let the sun shine. Feel it on my skin like it's been sometimes. Sometimes depression got me flaking like Sisyphus. Others got me messing with mania like Icarus. And meditation helps with the sickness. Some say it's human condition, but it just isn't. There's more power in spring flowers. The circular thoughts that leave the mind devoured. Blurred lines between reality and fiction. And some politicians get dirtier than dishes. But for a minute, just forget about the government. I'm looking at you and I and where the love went Cause we don't need a fucking village full of cynics Need a family to foster a life worth living if it isn't And your family think you crazy, yeah And you ain't got a village I know you always got a place here Come kick it, we chillin', yeah I'm a conspiracy boy Motherfuckers, motherfuckers I'm a conspiracy boy That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Mark Palmer's cool. How are you, brother? I'm great, man. How are you?